Welcome to Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crowdis, and Andrew Platts, my co-host, is with me. Uh, in our last podcast, Andrew, we talked about the notion of fear, and we ended with the commentary about taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, which, of course, is Scripture, and it's a common theme that you and I talk about a lot. And we also talked about the Scripture that speaks to having done all to stand, stand. And I think it's important to recognize that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So I want to, and we're going to talk a lot about what does that look like? What does wisdom look like in terms of how to address fear when maybe we don't experience what we're hoping for, what we're praying for, what we're believing for? But here's what James 1.5 says, and then I'm going to toss it over to you, Andrew, for the start of dialogue. Um, but if you, of any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach and it will be given him. So again, if we want wisdom, we need to fear, have a fear of the Lord, and that will draw us to wisdom if we're wise about it. Um, so Andrew, um, let, let's kick into this and, 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 and go back and forth. Okay, so to pick that up in verse six, it says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Now that's key. Mm-hmm. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For now, this is a little bit of rebuke. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, mm-hmm. unstable in all his ways. I grew up in Southern California. I used to body surf when I was a teenager. And when you get caught in a, in a wave, and it's a big one, or even a little one, it tosses you and you have no control of your own okay. body. Your feet go one way, your head goes another way. You have to wait it out until you can resurface. So what James is saying here and we're going to tie it all in together about doing everything to stand is that when, if you need wisdom about something mm-hmm. and you're, you're asking God for wisdom about a problem or an issue, you need to pray for wisdom, which God will give, you know, generously, and then continue to believe that he's given you that wisdom and not mm-hmm. one hour later or one day later or one month later, give up on that wisdom. And if you give up on the, the the scriptures here and kind of go back to your own thinking, God's saying you're a double-minded man. And mm-hmm. it's a common theme through the scripture where when we when he's asking us and challenging us to believe in something, he's saying believe it with all of your heart and be sure, be steadfast, be steady, and be sure of what you're believing mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. and don't say something different to counteract that. I'll give I'll give you an example. Uh, this happened yesterday. My daughter called up. She lives in Kansas City. Her name is Amory. She's had a cold for 10 days. So mm-hmm. she says, Dad, I still got a cough. I said, well, that really bugs me. You've had this thing for 10 days. She went to the urgent care. They said it was a common cold. I think they gave her some prednisone, which is a little mm-hmm. steroid. Mm-hmm. So we prayed. I said, place your hands on your, your chest and on your throat and let me pray for you. So I said to, I, I prayed that, you know, her, I, I actually spoke to her body. I said, body, you know, release, release Amory from this uh, contagion, this thing that's got her coughing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we prayed, it was like a 30 second prayer. And Steve, not 45 seconds later, I said, uh, but if you still feel bad, you know, you may want to go back to the urgent care. Well, in my heart, it, it sounded like it was good wisdom. In my heart, I was thinking, if this doesn't work, mm-hmm. this is you know this this, so this that's is a- good, Andrew. That's <laughs> something we we want to we want to talk about that for sure. The you know, I I think you would agree, Andrew, that it's okay as long as what is driving the alternative concept is in faith. 
that's okay. But if it's in fear, then we're like that person who's tossed to and fro. And you're saying in your case, you you weren't offering wisdom and advice that was out of faith. You were with, you're offering wisdom and advice that you feel was out of fear. You were doubting in your heart. That's what you feel, right? And right. it would have been it would have been seconds later, right? <laughs> Talk about getting wisdom. Yeah, it was wisdom to say, "Hey, look, if you're not feeling good in two days, you may want to consider going back to the urgent care just as a double check. Mm-hmm. Maybe the you know surgeons or whatever the doctors there didn't get something right. Sure. But I was in my heart basically saying to her, if this prayer does, if there's no evidence that this prayer is working, and you're still just the way you were t- in two days." go back to the urgent care. Mm-hmm. Think about what I did. I prayed, believed, and yet not 45 seconds later, I was doubting. Yeah. So <laughs> we do this a lot. I've done this quite often. We 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 talk a good game. It comes out of our mouth, sounds eloquent, sounds scriptural, and it may be, but yet we we doubt. We have this yeah. natural yeah. doubt. And these are the these are the things that we need to need to be aware of when the Bible says do not be tossed to and fro by by the winds of the wave. Mm-hmm. Now, there's other scriptures. A scripture in the gospel it says, um, "If you say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and do not doubt, but believe that what you said will oh, happen, you shall have whatever yeah. you say." Therefore, when you pray, believe that you have received. Mm-hmm. So, this is a common it's a common theme through the Old and the New Testament that the Lord wants us to believe His scriptures with all of her heart. And mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit mm-hmm. later. Uh, we did we did allude to the fact that sometimes we don't get prayers answered. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes there's tragedy. Yeah. There's tragedy and that bad things that, that right? follows that. So right. we're going to address that in more detail, but you know, g- give me give me your thoughts. Well, you know, I I think I think that's a I mean, I'm really glad you're you're speaking to this because it it is a tough topic. It, it's not this isn't the topic of healing, it's the topic it really is the topic of fear. And I believe there is a way. I, I want I want all of us to see this. There is a way to say to Amory what Andrew said to Amory again. That's his daughter. Regarding they prayed, and then thirty seconds later he said what he said about if it doesn't present itself as healed in the next couple of days, go to a doctor. There's a way to say that in faith, and there's a way to say it in fear. And Andrew is telling us that he feels like in his heart of hearts he said it in fear. He really was that person who was doubting and therefore tossed to and fro. But so uh, it's a fine line, but I think there is a distinction. I I think it really does roll back to, and I hate to say it again, but having done all the stand to stand, I, I think God does call us to wisdom. And I do believe, I'm sure all of us in the in this listening audience, and Andrew and I would agree with this totally as well, that God does use the providence of medicine and doctors and knowledge and understanding. No question about it. As a healing owl. I mean, he is he is absolutely in the hands of doctors that are able to bring healing. Um, and doctors will tell you that, that are humble enough to acknowledge it, that it is the practice of medicine. And those that are of faith will tell you that they absolutely are an instrument of God's spirit to bring healing. I, I remember when Andrew, just a side note, when my son Andrew had his chest surgery uh, for the, he had that uh, pet, pectus excavatum, which is where your your chest is sunken. And they had to put a, a stainless steel bar in there, the shape of a bow, and to, to push his chest back right. out. Well, the doctor that performed the surgery, uh, which is a surgeon that many families we know are familiar with, he's a general surgeon, he's a believer. And so he absolutely, when we went in, to see, it was the coolest thing, Andrew, when we wanted to see the doctor for the, the consult, 
he prayed with us. So he really believed. So my, the point I'm making, I want to get off on a tangent here, but just to make the statement that you can say what Andrew said to Amory, one, one side of that can be fear. One side of that can be faith and total wisdom. In other words, saying to the Lord in prayer, saying to Amory in faith, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Let's not close our mind, our heart, our soul, or any aspect of our, ourselves to any of the multiple ways that God may perform in our lives. The the most beautiful would be that, you know, a, a, while you were on the phone, wouldn't it have been beautiful if she started to kind of convulse the thing in, right. a, in a healing way and say, wow, dad, right. it just got removed from me. Like we saw in the New Testament when Jesus cast the, the demon out of a man into the pigs. I mean, that would be, that would be an awesome thing for us to experience. But unfortunately, in most cases, I don't think he, we see that. Um, I won't say he doesn't work in that way because God can do anything. He's, he's the author of miracle. He's, if, if you think of the earth, think of yourself, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. If he can make us something as intricate as the eye and the limbs and the tissues and the sinews and all the other things that make us up, he can certainly bring healing as well as he can create. So we don't want to doubt that he can do that, but we want to look at whether or not we're in fear or we're in faith. And we're going to look in a little bit here. We'll be looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because there's some fascinating stuff that Andrew and I um, are familiar with on a rebroadcast. We're going to kind of rehash something that was rebroadcasted on a podcast from another podcaster right? just because it's really good. But anyway, Andrew, I just, I just want to make the distinction for all of us that are you and I and the audience that there's two ways to look at this. And we want to be on the side of faith and not fear when we say to our kids or to ourselves or to our friends or whoever may be suffering through whatever they're suffering, when we say what you said to Amory in that secondary line of, of thinking that you presented to her. So there's a way to do that in a fear, and there's a way to do that in faith. And so what, what we really want to do on this podcast, and maybe another one beyond this, is how do we get to the place where we're truly walking in faith and we're not overwhelmed by the circumstance that would otherwise say no? That that is that is exactly what we want to convey here, and and really the simple truth is it's it's the word of God that sets you free from yeah, the fear. Yeah. Now I know it's a simple thing to say that, but you know, faith, fear is going to be fear is part of this world we live in every day. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? I Absolutely. mean, it's everywhere. Yeah, it is. And there, you know, there's a thousand things to fear every day, from the moment you open your eyes to the to the moment you sleep in your bed. Um, and and there is a there is a way that. You you can be so close to his word and know his word so well that when the fear arises, like like it just did yesterday with my daughter, and I didn't put it into practice, that you you immediately you know the scriptures. You know the scriptures that says mm-hmm. believe and do not doubt. That says you don't want to be tossed into. You don't want to be those that are that are that are of doubt. God has created us to rely on Him. He's, he's the one that we're supposed to trust with all of our heart. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He has now become, our we call him our Lord and Jesus, our, our, Jesus, the Lord and Almighty God and the Holy Spirit. He wants us to have faith in him. So it's not like we're supposed to have faith in him sometimes when things get bad and then back off when things are good and then re-engage when things are bad again or if there's trouble. He wants us to continue this in the good times, in the middle times, in the, the the in between the middle and the good times, in between the middle and the bad times, it it's a constant um, looking at His Word and relying on His Word and memorizing His Word, and having that Word come out of our mouth. That I want to reiterate this, uh, like we talked about the last podcast, but 
when you know his word and you're practicing every day, uh, I should have known better yesterday when, when we pray. We, it was a long prayer. It was like a 25-second prayer. And not like, again, it came up. I said that out of fear. I should have known that scripture. It says, no, believe and do not doubt. Believe mm-hmm. that the words you say will come, you know, if you do mm-hmm. not doubt. Mm-hmm. So I should have known that, and I should have s- continued speaking that. So there is a way, Steve, that when that word gets in you, remember, it's the word that builds your faith. Mm-hmm. That if you practice this on a daily basis, not once a day, but it's a it's a it's a moment by moment, many times during the day, thinking about a scripture, relying on that it drives fear. It just drives fear out because mm-hmm. you you start leaning on not your own understanding, but on his understanding. Mm-hmm. The understanding mm-hmm. that comes from the word. Yeah, and then his yeah. word becomes more real. I know this is hard. You could probably speak to this. His word becomes more real. Than life itself, than really. than, the, than the circumstance. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you are you are given a peace that passes understanding, and and you lean into it and you hang on and you rely on to it and you continue to stand. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I th- I think it's totally natural. I mean, fear is natural. It, we, we've said that, but what I mean by that is, if you think about this world, this life, everything from the from the moment of its conception, whatever it may be, a plant, a tree, a person, is in a state of decline. And there's very little in this world, in this world, there's very little that isn't disappointing. That That's true. That's true. And I, and that, in other words, there's very little we can rely on with permanence in the natural. And I think that's why fear is natural. There's, there's permanent change all around there's us. There's permanent change. Even... I mean, Andrew, let's let's be honest. Let's let's be really honest. Even in friendships, we see decay and breaking down and separation. Even in friendships. Yes. Look, people get married every day and they say till death we part and the divorce rate sits at 53%. Yeah, that's sad. Wow. I mean, I'm telling you, there's decay everywhere. There's disappointment everywhere. And those disappointments create fear. In other words, can I really trust... Fear is the opposite of trust, right? Faith is a form of trust, right? It's yes. Evidence of things hoped for, conviction of things not seen. Fear has to do with judgment, and judgment has to do with separation. You know, I mean, it yes. just does. So it, it shouldn't surprise anybody in the hearing of this podcast, and it, and it doesn't surprise either Andrew and I as we talk about it. Fear is a part of the natural state. But we are not called to walk in the natural state. The Bible says we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So we have to be other world minded. And as we are, then we're focused on things eternal that are permanent and are reliable and are dependable, such as the word of God, which it says is forever settled, such as faith, which is itself forever settled. God is eternal and forever. He always was. He always will be. That is something that we can stand firm on. That is not subject to decay. So, so the world is decaying around us. Our relationships, our finances, everything, the weather, in a state of decay. Uh, but we know that the only thing that is stable, constant, and true is, is and the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will not pass away. Even truth is relative in this world. Yes, it is. Okay, so look, look how look how our society is so rapidly decaying, is so rapidly changing. What was acceptable, what is acceptable today wasn't even conceivable 50 years ago. That's right. 
the 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 whole frankly the the, the whole, woke the woke culture the woke culture the the gay and lesbian lesbian lifestyle all of it that was completely unacceptable, um, unacceptable fifty years ago 50 or less years ago. now it's the norm and in fact if you and I take a a, a, a Judeo Christian view worldview we're scorned we're laughed at we're scoffed at because we're kind of we're counterculture and we are extreme for having thoughts like that I mean things have gone turned upside down topsy-turvy the point is the world's way is temporal god's way is eternal so it should be really no wonder to any of us that fear is a quote-unquote i put quotes around it natural response to a natural environment but again we are not called to stay we we live in and are surrounded by and exist in a natural plane but we're called to walk supernaturally so how do we do that? Well, we're, we're talking about scripture here. You know, I will say this, Andrew, it's interesting to me. It's a circular, if, I, if, if I'm using the word, word right, it's a circular argument. You know, folks, there is no topic that we're going to touch that doesn't, unfortunately, I say that facetiously, have the same resolve. We're always going to come back to the same truth. We have to be in relationship. You remember my that loving equation I have, Andrew, that R equals, equals uh, uh, T plus... Um, P? What's the other word? No, not P. Time it's plus proximity. Time plus proximity. Thank you. Right. R equals T plus R or T plus P. And what that means, I'm trying to make a be still here with an equation. Relationship with God takes time or is equal to time plus proximity. So we got to spend time. In a, it's just, Andrew, you and I are close because what do we do? We spend time and proximity. proximity together. That's how we build relationship. That's what makes us close to our spouses. That's what makes us close to our friends. That's what builds camaraderie. Time and proximity builds relationship. Unfortunately, facetiously said, the only way we're going to get these heavenly nuggets is to spend time in his presence through prayer and through reading his word, time again, but also that proximity, which is the willingness to turn our natural mind off and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to our man mind, our human soul. That's the only solution. But it's an interesting one because... We could just end the podcast today and never have a podcast again and just tell you every time you're going to hear the same thing. And it is, unfortunately, there are a myriad of human topics that need to be addressed that we all need to work through and fight and battle over, but they all come back to the word. Anyway. No, that's true. I mean, it all, it, it does all come, <laughs> Sorry about that. it does all come back to the word. And, um, you know, we, we talk about spending time knowing the word, listening to the word, hearing the word, speaking the word. So in my own life, Steve, um, when fear arises, my mind instantly goes to some promises that come in the Word. And we've talked about Psalm 91 with the, the virus and things like that. Oh, yeah. So I know the Word well enough. Not, not I'm very, I'm not going to tell you I've even read through the entire Bible. I think I've gotten close. But there's large parts of the Old Testament I haven't read for over a decade, maybe, maybe two decades. So it's not like I know the Word inside and outside. No, I have a command on... What I know, which is, you know, just say, you know, less than 50 scriptures really well, less than 100, and I have a very good command on them, I thought about it, I meditate on them, my mind goes there when when fear rises. Yeah. And so, um, you know, th- that's, that's how I deal with it. I instantly start engaging in faith and speaking his word when to, 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 to battle the, the fear that comes from this world. There is a way, like Steve said, there's a way to be in this world, 
but then to be devoted to another world that's yeah. based on scripture. So we're supposed to be in this world that our mind and our heart and our soul and our thoughts, our time, our proximity, our devotion, our love, everything is about his word and his promises. Yeah. Amen. I keep saying his word and his promises because there's so many promises in his word that we can we can tap into and believe. That's how yeah. God wants us to live. Always kind of looking to his his word, what does the word say? So let me let me switch a little bit here. Um sure. we're going to go, go to Daniel 3. It's it's about Nebuchadnezzar who made an image of gold. Um it was a huge image. It was 60 cubits in in width and he set it up in in the province of Babylon. And uh, everybody was dedicated to it, and everybody uh, had to worship this this um, image, which was in his, his his image of him. In other words, they're worshiping him. And he set a decree out saying, anybody who doesn't uh, worship this image is in big trouble. And so part of his staff or the people under him went to him and said, we know three Hebrews Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah, I'm kind of summarizing great. here. No, that's good, Andrew. Who work for you, who are part of your palace and are part of your administration. Now, remember, these three Hebrews were taken out of Israel captive mm-hmm. when Israel was sacked by Syria mm-hmm. or Nebuchadnezzar himself. He took the brightest and the best back to his palace and said, look, let's train these these the best and the brightest of these Hebrews so that not only can they help me in Syria, but if I have to send them back into Israel one day, they're going to be loyal to my kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is what kings do. This is how kings sure. ruled, kept rule, and kept a dynasty going on with their kids. And uh, the, the Jews are no different. So um, let me pick up on verse 13. It said, uh, I'll just read it from the New King James. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psalmetry in symphony with all kinds of music, and will you fall down and worship the image which I have made? Mm. Good. But if you do not worship, you cast. you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God? Listen, here, here's a, here, he's being kind of um, testing him. And who is the God, lowercase? It's not uppercase. Who is the lowercase God who will deliver you from my hands? Mm. Now, this is, we're bringing up this story, Steve, because these men were in the old covenant following the law, yeah. who were only following stories about God delivering Israel through the Dead Sea or the Red Sea. And how he delivered them from Pharaoh and uh, other scriptures. They didn't have the vast amount of stories that we have today. And they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They knew nothing of Jesus, nothing of Jesus, even the existence of Jesus. Right. But they obviously knew scriptures. And 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 let me me give you a little bit of background. They decided not to eat the king's food. They wanted to separate. They didn't want to, they did not, they did many things that were against Babylonian tradition, being in the palace. And they didn't partake of the the extras or the um, special delights, the special rights oh, yeah. that that the people in his palace. You know, when you're a palace, you you get a lot lot better mm-hmm. of For, everything than sure. you do being obviously just a commoner, because they were they're trying to remember who they were, 
what they believed in and what they stood for, and they didn't want to partake in the Babylonian ways. They knew the ways of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. They knew the ways of Moses and the ways of the law and the commandments, the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. So they were displaying already before this, which is probably why there's hostility within the palace, and they called them out on not serving this other God. Hey, this is a great way to get these Hebrews kicked out and done with because, um, you know, they're not displaying complete loyalty to the king. Submission. So they, they sort of set them up. Yeah. And they called it out. So here's, I'm going to read this, Steve. And before you read that, yeah. they had crazy faith. By any standards, they had crazy faith. Yes. I mean, again, like like we said, we have, we, we have the cross before and behind us. I mean, because he died 2,000 years ago, roughly. And we have the Holy Spirit because he said, I go to send you a helper. They didn't have any of that. Nothing. Keep going, Andrew. This is, I mean, I right. just need to realize that they, they were without any of what we have today as tools to bear faith. So verse picks up on verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They had no defense. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 17, if that is the case, our God, capitalized, whom we serve, is able to to deliver us from the burning, uh, sorry, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace Mm -hmm. and we, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Verse 18 then says three words. Now check this out, Steve. But if not, let it be known. Yeah. We're going to come back to that and explain that in, in detail. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your God's nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Remember, mm. I'm gonna answer this for me, Steve. Remember on the last podcast we said, podcast we said, believe and don't doubt. Believe with all yeah. your heart the yeah. scriptures. Right. If if it, 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 whether it's sickness or whether it's uh, deliverance from evil or just believe and don't doubt. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and I, I'm gonna even say they're rare, but sometimes you do not see the promises come true. Absolutely. Does that negate the power and the excellency and the prayer at all? Absolutely not. And we said on that, we said on that podcast, we are to believe knowing, knowing back in our mind that there is a possibility of a but if not moment. Mm-hmm. That we that, that in my case it was Chrissy who got COVID, my wife, she could have died. Yeah. Yeah. But even having those but if nots, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abego said. We will not serve you, and he w- is well able to deliver us. But if not, okay, I call that. Non- let it be known, O King, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship mm-hmm. the gold image. Go ahead. I call that non-circumstantial faith. That's what I would refer to that as. In other words, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were so profoundly impacted by what they believed; it was so transformative that no matter what their natural experience would would display or show or they would experience whatever however you want to put it, they would still believe. That is non-circumstantial faith. And that speaks to what I've spoken to before, which which to me, I, I Andrew's mentioned that, you know, we have swimming lanes that are areas that we're really kind of set in and understand and have a good uh, handle on. And one of them for me is that peace that passes all understanding. This would be an example of that. 
in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were so sure who their God was. They were so sure. They were so convinced. They were so smitten, really, by who God was. Even though they didn't have the Holy Spirit, they didn't committed. have the cross. They were so committed that it didn't matter, though they knew God could, right? They, they're saying, our God can deliver us from the fiery furnace. Yes. How, how do you, how they it say It says, that, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to is deliver able. us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Yeah. So oh, there's two man, things. So good. He's able yeah. to deliver us, and he will and deliver, he will us, deliver by us by your hand. Yeah. So but even, then the verse next says, but if not. Now, that yeah. but if not is not fear. It's not fear. Like it's I wasn't the fear I prayed. Yeah, that's It was, although if that is not the case. It doesn't change who God is. That's right. That's what they're really saying. But if not is not a statement of fear, doubt, or unbelief. It is a statement of faith to say, no matter what circumstance we face, we fa- we know, love, and are embraced by a God who cares and is forever settled in our hearts. I mean, now, but think about this, Steve. All powerful. This, these yeah. guys later on the line, they were about to be thrown into oh, yeah, my gosh. Well, an they oven. Were, and they were thrown in. They, they were thrown in. But, I mean, this is life and death. This is yeah. the whole tamale here. Yeah, this is. The whole life. enchilada. Yeah. Okay, they, this, this was all in. This is like men giving their lives for, to the Lord. Yeah, uh, sacrificing everything, laying it all down, um, putting their lives, their family lives, all of their, they were all, all, all of it right there, and and, and saying they God pushed they, all their chips. To they the pushed them all in. Yep, everything was in. They risked, and it that's all. why they made it in the Bible. And and they risked it all. It wasn't risk to them. It wasn't risk to them. There was no risk. This was like well. To li- it was really saying to live as Christ, although they weren't, they didn't have Christ. To die as gain. That's right. They saw no risk. It was like I, we, we are in love with, we serve, we're engaged in a relationship with a God that delivers us on either side of life or death. We're okay, delivered. let's let's talk about this. We haven't talked about this. Do you think when they said that? Um, remember, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king, but if not, how much fear, I still think there was a um, an element of fear there. They're about to be thrown into a fire. It could have gone either way. I mean, let's face it. It could have gone either way. Now, I'd like to believe that more often than not, you know, it goes the good way, which is the righteous way. God does deliver, but we know that there have been, you know, millions of martyrs in the in the history of the Christian Church, and the apostles were martyred, and they martyred or they 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 killed the prophets. Absolutely. Steve, decade after decade, yeah. decade, many of the um, people who wrote parts of the of that are that are in Scripture in the Old Testament were were persecuted and killed. As, as prophets in ancient Israel. So still, I think, here's my where I'm going here, I still think you can stand up for righteousness, you can stand up for what you believe in, which we know is the Holy Scriptures, you could put it all on the line and like these guys do, and still decide, I'm going to do it, and you know what, in the next five minutes I could be dead. And, yeah, there, and I believe that... that, oh, that yeah. I think there's no question, there's no question in my mind, uh, fear is a part of the natural human state and experience. I, I think there's no question they had fear, 
but they had it's like it's like I used the phrase earlier their faith in God was more real than and I think their, their faith their experience. faith subdued absolutely conquered and overcame it settled the fear it it squashed yeah, it it put it down it put it down it managed it it put it in its proper place and perspective you know when when Paul says I having done all to stand stand right that's what he said in the New Testament well what he's really saying behind those words is he has struggled I have struggled standing and I'm going to continue to stand having done everything to stand that's right Paul says stand Paul's saying from his own personal testimony he has stood through trials that have been overwhelming that have been that have flooded his soul probably even with fear doubt and unbelief but he fought those back having done everything to stay firm in his faith, he continued to stand. That's an indication to me that Paul suffered the same trepidation about life that we do. No question. And and look at, you know, I, I've said this before, and it's really true. All you got to do is go look at Bible history. A lot of what he wrote, he wrote when he was in prison. That's right. So he was under persecution and writing these truths that truly transform. This is a man who truly transcended his natural experience because he leaned in to the supernatural. And, and you said on the last podcast, I believe, that from the moment he uh, was blinded on the road to Damascus and then the blinders fell off, like scales fell off of his eyes, he was persecuted from All that to point the on to the very end. To so this man end. knew how to suffer. He knew how to overcome using but the word of God. He overcame well, we know Revelation says he overcame by the blood of the Lamb, which is true, and the word of his testimony, which is also true. But what really happened was that his revelation of God and truth and and spirit living really did overtake his natural experience. Because from the day the scales fell off, he experienced persecution. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewal of your mind through the washing of the water of the yes. word. I mean... That's the only way we get there. So let me just address oh, this. Gosh, so it excites me. Yeah, let, let me just say this so for people out there who are yeah, <laughs> really I am. That's good for people out there who are not there. Okay, who do don't. Yeah, and I'm we're, we're I'm trying to address everybody here, um, and not that we've you know got it all together here, but for those who are, don't know God's word very well, have not studied it very well, and who are not practicing these things, I I would just say just start. And just don't look back and and engage with all the things that we've been saying through our podcast. Start somewhere, and 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 make it a daily, everyday thing to remember His Word and and to make these words come alive. The faith comes by the Word of God. Uh, let me just conclude with this real quick story. That for those who don't know it, they went into the fiery furnace, Steve. The king turned it up seven times hotter. And so even as they went in, the guard was incinerated. They were somehow able to look into the the uh, fiery furnace and saw a fourth image. People oh, yeah. say that was Jesus Christ. Yeah. When they came out, their clothes didn't even stink. Even s- s- there was they, no stench. They or anything. There was no smell of fire. And they were, they were saved by God. So, yeah. I mean, in this particular answer, they weren't martyred. They weren't. Uh, they were. You know. They made it into the New T- Old Testament, and it's a. It's a great story about how we are supposed to not doubt, but believe His Scriptures regardless of the circumstance, 
in faith. That's in faith. I got to back us up just a tiny bit here. Um, back to uh, uh, Daniel three fifteen, but I'm going to pick it up. I'll just read from where I am here. About midstream through 15, it says, but if you do not worship, we, we read this, but I want to read something very specific here. But if you will not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. Andrew read that. We read it. We're meditating on it. And what God is, what God is there that can deliver you out of the, the my hands? This is this is incredible. What they said. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, or oh Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to even give an answer concerning this matter. <laughs> In other words, right. wow. So we, Andrew and I, have been focused on, but if not, you know that notion, the notion that if not God, if God doesn't deliver us. We've spoken to their faith there, but right before that, it's interesting to me that their response was, oh, are you kidding? That's not a challenge for us. I mean, here they're about to be, right. as you said, seven times hotter than the hottest fire. It it, it burns the guard who's going to place them in, in the, uh, their escort. No, it burns them. It kills them. It kills them. Kills, kills the escort who's going to put them in the furnace. And they say, oh, can't you give us a bigger challenge than that? <laughs> That's what they're saying here. Well, they said if it, they said there's no need to answer you in this matter. Yeah, I, I'm no looking at like, well, we're wow. we're we're not going to serve your God. Yeah, we're not answer, we're not going to serve, and we don't care what you throw at us. Make it twenty times hotter than the yeah. animal furnace. Yeah, we're taking a send of God's send goodness. dogs, cats, animals, death to us. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to change our These ways. These guys were so convinced of who God was that no matter what you threw at them, they were Teflon. That's right. They L- just did not. It it was not going to stick with them. Um, let me That's let me let me tell you That's from this a revelation. No question about it. Um, this is this is if you look at Job's life, who uh, he, you know, he demonstrated a supernatural faith. He was being attacked in his body, but somehow, some way, now he did waver. Uh, they say a little bit, but he would not renounce God, even through. They say he might have some form of shingles all over his body. He was tortured day and night by some sort of sickness on his skin. Wow. His his friend, Steve, sat with him and it said he, he was in such bad shape, some of them would sat with him and wouldn't say anything for three days. Imagine sitting with a friend and not saying for three days. There was nothing they could say this man was in such agony. And yet some of them in the end said, just renounce God, including his wife, and get it over with. The agony is too great, and yet he wouldn't renounce God. This man had great great faith somehow god was going to deliver him even though he had just seen all of his children die Mm -hmm. and all of his wealth be gone within a matter of what a minute or two everything that could have gone wrong went wrong including his body so these are if, if if you look at you know people like moses who led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Look at Abraham, who left his home and his, his natural place of raising his family and went to another land that he knew not. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, 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 and the stories go on and on. These are people who saw things by faith. They believe God. Um, Abraham's wife, was it Sarah? Uh, yeah. Belie- uh, laughed when, 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 she, when she heard that she was going to be pregnant, but yet Abraham, Abraham didn't laugh. He knew that even God could could give her a baby at her. I think she was about eighty or ninety years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He believed in faith that there yeah. would be an heir. Yeah, and so he believed and was counted to his righteousness. So well, men he, of, kind of, he kind of cheated in there a little bit. He did, but he did he did come around in the end. He stood right, and the and the men of faith is a Hebrews eleven or twelve twelve. The, uh, the men of faith who believed. 
the hall of the hall of faith oh yeah hebrews 11 the 11 1 the, the first let me yeah those, those men are there to give us inspiration and encouragement that they could go through if they could go through uh great challenges believing god that we can also the whole chapter yeah the whole hebrews chapter 11 it's called the uh we've talked about it before yeah. just briefly but it's called the hall of you've you're familiar with the term hall of fame it's the hall of faith and what's fascinating about those guys, just as a reiteration of what we said before, is that they did not have, again, the, the Jesus, the cross, or the Holy Spirit. And their faith was counted to them as righteousness because they were so faithful. We won't go through the whole chapter, but it, 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 every, every, uh, every part of it begins with by faith. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, uh, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, by, and you mentioned Sarah. But if you read that entire chapter, in verse 13, it says, All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed them, they were strangers and exiles on this earth. That is so powerful. I mean, really, again, they died in faith without receiving the promise. That's faith, Andrew. That's the, but if not, but if not, the... The Hall of Faith, all those believers that I just kind of talked about, you know, Abel and Enoch and so on, they were the but-if-nots because they never received the revelation and they were prepared. Well, they received the revelation, but they never experienced or saw the fulfillment of. And yet that was counted to him as righteousness. That's really powerful. That's right. There's another but-if-not moment in uh, World War II. Oh yeah. With um, on September first, nineteen thirty-nine, uh, Hitler started something called the Lightning War, where his Luftwaffe would come in along with his uh, troops on the ground with the um, with the tanks, and they would just they just took over Europe by storm. Mm-hmm. So Churchill sent in uh, about five hundred thousand. My numbers could be wrong into Europe to try to fight the war. Well, what happened was because of the Lightning War that Hitler had perfected they drove about 350 to 400,000 troops onto a um a beach i don't know i think it was in the netherlands or denmark not i think it was netherlands it was dunkirk it was dunkirk yeah. it wasn't in france it was dunkirk and hitler was very close it was probably within 15 to 30 miles away and here you had all these um desperate english british troops waiting to get rescued and Hitler very easily could have attacked them and taken them all out, either taken them prisoners or just slaughtered them there on the beach. So one of the English commanders or generals sent out a word to Churchill or to the King George, King George II saying, pray for us to get off this beach, to return home to our country. But if not, and so, um, King George sent out a national day of prayer on on radio to all the British citizens and said, this is a very dire situation. Your sons are on a beach stranded and Hitler is very close to taking them prisoners and et cetera, et cetera. Everybody pray for their safety. Everybody pray for the return that they will not be slaughtered on the beach. This is a but if not moment. Now, listen to this, Steve. The, the British... I should call them the English citizens there, the mothers, the fathers, everybody knew the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. Okay? That 
that our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, but if not, we will not serve you. This was a but if not. We are going to believe God in prayer in our churches to somehow get those boys and and the entire British army, basically the Marines, off of that beach. But if not, we will serve you anyway. Mm. And miraculously, Steve, weather hit in a in a in a bad way for the um, the Hitler because they couldn't send all the Luftwaffe those planes in the sky to attack them by the air and attack any incoming um, battleships or cruisers to pick them up. And equally, he made the English Channel very, very calm. What they decided to do is anybody who had a sailboat or a motorboat of any kind or any size took off from the east coast of the British, you know, islands, island, and they basically went and picked up two men here, 10 men there, 50 men there, 500 there. And it was it was regular people like me and you getting into their leisure boats what they use on the weekend, using it as a ferry mm-hmm. to pick these troops up. The waters were calm. Hitler didn't, now they did suffer a little bit. They got all of their troops off in about 10 days. It goes down as a huge monumental phenomenon, miracle, let's just call it a miracle, mm-hmm. by God, mm-hmm. especially with the English people, that God was able to save that entire army from Hitler. And it goes down, it, it's, if you, you know, if you read books on World War II, it's the big one. It's, it's, a, it's a huge monumental event of World War II. Mm-hmm. Well, and the and the cool thing is, realize that talk about doing it by faith. You mentioned the the praying that was going on in the churches and so on, but the 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 task was was daunting. Normally, that channel is pretty rough, and these people endeavored to risk it all to bring those That's people right. safety. I mean, it's really a beautiful story. In fact, you know, there's a movie called yeah. The Battle of Dunkirk, which was probably came out about five or six years ago. There's a book that the movies made after called The Battle of Dunkirk. It's worth watching. I mean, just from the standpoint of history, and if you if you put the God factor in it, it turns the tide on what you. I mean, see it was so dire that some of the uh, generals in England were saying that we may have to commit suicide. This may be the end. It, either commit suicide because we don't want to be taken alive. This may be the end of the British Empire. That's mm-hmm. they would have had no army to defend themselves. I mean, they had 400,000 men on that beach. It was very dire. Like, mm-hmm. there was very little hope. But the British people knew, but if not, we're going to pray and believe and stand that God will deliver our sons and even some of our daughters and all of our, all of our, the, the people that we love the most. But if not, we'll serve him, we'll serve him anyway. That is the kind of attitude. Yeah, yeah. That me and you, that's kind of the kind of, but I think it's the faith that we can have. Mm -hmm. We have to believe, even though the circumstances don't look good, Mm -hmm. and we have to say, this is a God that we serve. He's very capable. He's well able. We have to reflect on all all the ways that he's delivered people in the past. And we have to stand up for our families. We have to encourage, me and you, we have to encourage our wives we have to encourage sure. our kids. Absolutely. We have to encourage the people around us to stand up for God and to believe his promises. And um you know if we if we don't the promises the his, his scriptures don't really have an effect. We 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 are the double minded. We we shouldn't expect like James 1 to receive anything. Right. We're we're twisted to and fro like the winds and the wave uh, like the, in 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 water we're jostled around. Mhm. And we're just not going to get the best of God. I want to get the best of God. Yeah, amen. Me too. Well, you know, a couple of things 
I want to I want to share a couple items anecdotally for anybody that may be listening. You might be saying, so how can we get on about doing this? How can we how can we engage faith as Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego did, and many before and since, and many currently? Um, th- there were three takeaways that that podcast offered that I just want to mention to us that I think are probably helpful. Uh, three things: one, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and and you would totally agree. And the same way with the folks at Dunkirk, they were committed. The first thing is they were committed. They were committed to their faith. They were committed to their God. The second thing is they chose their companions well. So look at look at the likes of these three dudes that were together, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They, they, they went for the best in each other, and they did everything they could to develop each other's faith by striving for the absolute highest level of excellence in their faith and their trust and their hope and the preservation of their hope in God and their faith in God. And there are scriptures to support these. I just want to get these three out. And then the third thing is their confidence was in God. So they were committed. They chose their companion well. So so just stopping there for two seconds, because we're at about 48 minutes on this podcast, and I'd like to maybe close, or, uh, close this particular one or wrap it up for today. But they chose their companions well. Well, we have a lot of choices every day. And com- com- companions can be a TV, can be a golf club can be a tennis racket very good point can be a car can be a house can be material items choosing your companions wisely has everything to do andrew and i are our best of friends because we have chosen our companionship wisely it's a good thing and it's not to say we're we're limited in our best friendship we have we have other best friends in our lives but the point is you develop companionship um with those who are going to be like-minded like-minded and they're good for your soul good for your spirit and then this notion of being confident so they were committed they chose well and they were confident and their confidence came in one place one place only in the lord so for today andrew i think we'll we'll sign off with our audience but gosh i think this has been a hearty conversation andrew it feels like it's full of protein and you know, <laughs> the starches and the vegetables we got a little bit of everything in this particular um this particular podcast so we just want to encourage you to follow us <clears throat> to on on platforms where you can leave a comment. Please do so. We we'd love to hear feedback from you. If you can follow us on the platform you're listening from, we'd love that as well. Go to or the website lifebeyondthesummit.com. There you can see blogging as well as the podcast and there you can leave comments. So, uh great to be with you today. We look forward to being with you next week. Until then, God bless you. Stay safe and stay on the side of God. Lean into the Spirit of God. Pray, seek God, read His Word. We just uh, are glad to be with you. And bless you this week as you go. Thank you for listening to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. For more information, visit our website at lifebeyondthesummit.com.